Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It's a game night, hour number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer at Rogers Place. Bit of an alumni skate going on right now. 105 in Edmonton. Oilers Now brought to you by Digitex. Our title sponsor, trusted by 630Ched. Visit their new e-commerce site and order supplies, printers, and more at digitex.ca. Guests on the show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton South Downtown, Northside, and in Sherwood Park. It is Stoffer Inspector every Tuesday in Oilers Now for Horse Racing Alberta. Live standard bed racing at Northlands Park Friday evenings and Saturday afternoons. We're going to head right off to our River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. They've got Super Tramps Roger Hodson, November 16th, tickets to Ticketmaster.ca or call 1-800-985-5000. All right, without further ado, pleased to be joined by longtime Penguins radio analyst Phil Bork. Phil, you're on with Bob Stoffer and Mark Spector. How you doing? Bob, Mark, I'm doing fantastic. Looking forward to a great game tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it, it doesn't... I, I, I realize when you're the Pittsburgh Penguins and you've won a couple cups, everybody's excited to see your team play wherever they go. Does it? Is it better when you, you know, you're rolling in Toronto and you got Austin Matthews for one game on a Canadian trip and then follow it up coming at Edmonton and, and having a chance to, to see... Uh, you know, uh, the Penguins play and, and Crosby and Malkin play against the likes of a Connor McDavid? No, absolutely. It gives us more to talk about, number one. And it does. It gets you excited, whether you're just uh, just a broadcaster, a fan, a player, whatever, just to see that marquee matchup. And I get it when the coaches and the players say, no, it's not so much between Crosby and McDavid. It's more about the Penguins versus the Oilers. I get all that. But at the end of the day, I think even Crosby and McDavid are excited to go up against each other. Um, I don't know if there's that much of flexing of the muscles, but I think at the end of the night, you want to walk out of the building tonight feeling like you were a little bit better than that other guy. So, yeah, as far as the Penguins, whenever, really, whenever we come into Western Canada, which obviously isn't that often, it's always exciting. If you get McDavid tonight, and then we head down to Calgary, and we see Johnny Hockey down there, and uh, what you know, Vancouver is doing right now, they're pretty exciting. 
uh, in their young group. So, yeah, it's, it's great for the Penguins to roll into these visits. Okay, so you know, you know Sid very well over all these years. McDavid has frankly crushed the matchup. Seven points to one assist for Sid. He's a McDavid's plus, Sid's a minus player. Uh, but Sid's team wins every game. And I know the cliche, Phil, right? As long as my team wins, that's what's important. And it's, it's the truth. I understand that. But do you think there's a piece of Sid that says, okay, you know what? Seven points to one here. I'm tired of this guy beating me in this matchup. You think there's a little bit of Sid that wants to reclaim some of that? Maybe a little bit more in this game than any other game. And the reason being, Sid has not scored yet this year. He has not tickled the twine. He has not lit the lamp. But he has not put the biscuit in the basket. So, yeah, not only is he looking to get rid of that goose egg up on the board, but, yeah, if he could if he could get one more goal than Connor tonight, yeah, I think uh, Sid will never admit it. But, yeah, I've known Sid a long time. And, and there is those undercurrents that, you know, when there's no microphones or no cameras around, he'll say, yeah, I, I want to get one up on this guy. Because a lot of people already want to anoint Connor yeah. as the – as the best player in the world, and I'm sure Sid's going to have something to say about that tonight. You've got some personal experience of this, not just as a broadcaster, but as a player. Uh, you played for my favorite American Hockey League team of all time, the Baltimore Skipjacks. I used to call John yeah. Short's show and bring that team up. But when you made that transition <laughs> in the NHL in the mid-1980s, there was a guy by the name of Mario Lemieux, and he was sort of the heir apparent to Wayne Gretzky. What do you recall about those matchups, those couple of years when Wayne was uh, you know, first in MSU? I guess a little bit later on in Los Angeles, going head-to-head against Mario. Yeah, I remember Mario was a lot like Sid. And, uh, yeah, I remember back in those days uh, when uh, I actually did a little bit of research on the numbers. Uh, They played 11 times, and Wayne won 7 of the 11. Uh, He had 7 goals and 26 points to Mario's 3 goals and 13 points. You have to remember, though, a lot of times, uh, you know, Mario had to play with guys like Phil Bork and Bob Erie, uh, where Wayne was playing with future Hall of Famers. So there is a small part of that, too. But uh, everybody wanted, all the media wanted to make a big deal out of that. That's what I remember uh, being part of the Penguins in those 80s. That everybody wanted to make a big deal out of it, except Wayne and Mario. And I think for those star players, I think for a second we need to put ourselves into their hockey skates, because if they get caught up in the hype, that the media kind of wants to fan the flames of, I think they really do lose their focus on what they're there for. And it's got to, it's got to be tough because they want to enjoy it. They want to relax. They want to give us all the quotes that we want to hear. But in the meantime, they want to stay in the moment and stay dialed in so they have a good game. So the debate about the greatest best player in the league uh, has raged in Canada, mostly because Austin Matthews came up with such a hot start, Phil. And, and of course, sure. all the media comes out of Toronto that maybe he's as good as McDavid. And then us Westerners, we get our nose out of joint. We go, wait a second here. Uh, does anybody even talk about that in Pittsburgh, where I assume that Sid Crosby is considered the best player in the game? Well, I think because of what Sid has in his sock drawer right now, as far as Stanley Cup rings and gold medals and and world championships and everything else that he has, I think it's going to be tough, tough to knock Sid off the mantle. Uh, but to answer your question, yes, a lot of people in Pittsburgh talk about Connor McDavid. So it's not like we are, you know, standing on the top of our desk, ripping our shirts open, pounding on our chest, saying, we, you know, we have the best player. We understand that Connor McDavid is knocking on the door, and Austin Matthews is an up-and-coming superstar in this league. We get it. We're not that arrogant. But at the end of the day, um, you know, Sidney Crosby will continue to flex his muscles. I think when anybody starts nipping at his heels, whether it's Connor or whether it's Austin or whoever it might be, uh, to feel like they want the mantle, 
I'll tell you what, somewhere very soon we'll have something to say about it. Bob, it's like Patrick Waugh said, I cannot hear you. I've got my Stanley Cup in my ears. <laughs> Jeremy <laughs> Rohn. Rings. Yes, the Jeremy <laughs> Rohn. We're joined right now by Phil Bork. It's Bob Starr from Art Spector, Starr for Inspector for Arts Race in Alberta. Phil, a two-time Stanley Cup champion with the Pittsburgh Penguins with Mario Lemieux back in 91-92. All right, let's talk about the season so far. Uh... Justin Schultz, who fans in Edmonton obviously know a bit about, that's a big loss for this team. Even though I think he's played sheltered minutes since he's gone to Pittsburgh, he's been a pretty effective player in a big season a couple of years ago. How would you assess the Penguins to date so far, Phil? Well, first, uh, just quickly on Justin Schultz. Yeah, he will be missed because he's a he's a kind of a fly-under-the-radar guy for us right now. He had four goals last year, and shockingly, he had zero power play goals last year. Uh, the Penguins still have the number one power play in the league because Chris Letang is the number one. And with the broken leg being out for roughly four months, he's going to be missed because he was our plus-minus leader last year, and he's just been rock solid on and off the ice. With that being said, what the holy Moses is going on with the Penguins? I think the best thing and worst thing that happened to the Penguins is we won our first game at home against the Washington Capitals 7-6 to six in overtime. I think we thought it was going to be easy to score goals. Because two nights later, the Montreal Canadiens came in and they waxed us pretty good. They outworked us, they outbattled us, and they outskilled us. Uh, and then we go uh, and we play the uh, Vegas Golden Knights and we beat them. So two of our first three wins are against the teams that made it to the Stanley Cup final. We're feeling all good about ourselves. And we go back uh, into Montreal. Again, they beat us again. We still haven't learned our lesson. We come home, Vancouver waxed us in overtime. And then finally, I think there was a bit of a wake-up call saying, whoa, 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 what are we doing here? We're not going to score seven goals every single night and try to outscore teams. And the Penguins played their best game of the season last Thursday uh, in Toronto against the Maple Leafs where they just knuckled down, solid goaltending with Matt Murray pitching the shutout. And it will be interesting to see if the Penguins can carry over that game that they played last Thursday tonight against the Oilers. All right, one final one for you, Phil, and it's courtesy of a texter out of Nelson, British Columbia, who uh, Nelson, B.C. used to be the place where pot was legal before it was legal in Canada. <laughs> but uh, Andrew Cito is a regular texter to the show, and he says, can you please ask Phil Bork about the story where he was on a breakaway and he used the toe of his stick to deke the goalie. It's in Rock'em Sock'em 4. Is that, is that in yeah. Rock'em Sock'em uh, yeah, 4? It was in Don Cherry's Rock'em Sock'em. And he, uh, I think he said something at the end. Can you imagine if he scored? Because I didn't score on it, but I used to do it in practice all the time. And my teammates would always say, you don't have the kahunas to do it in a game. <laughs> well, I ended up blocking a shot on my own blue eye. And there wasn't anybody within 20 feet of me. And it settled down perfectly by the time I got to center red. And I said, hey, don't ever forget you're in the entertainment business. If there's ever a time to do it, do it now. I turned my stick over. I pinned it to the ice with the toe of my my stick and I went in on uh, get the goaltender. I think it was Shovel Day for the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Went in and tried to deke him, and he ended up getting a pad on it. But uh, my teammates loved it. The fans loved it. The only person that didn't love it was Badger Bob Johnson, my head coach, who came in the locker room and said, "Hey, Bork." In all my days of coaching, I've never seen that move before. And then there was a long pause. He looked me right in the eye and says, "I'll never see it again." Right? I said, "Yes, coach." He goes, "Okay, let's go out and get him." <laughs> there you have it. We went this whole conversation with not talking about the fact, Phil, that uh, how thankful that you and Rob Brown were that uh, people didn't have camera phones back in the late 80s and early 90s. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. And Brownie and I, when we see each other, we say the same thing to each other. And uh, it was all uh, 
harmless fun, but you're right. Probably could have gotten a lot of trouble back in those days. All right. Great stuff, Phil. We'll see you down here tonight. Thanks for joining us. All right, good guys. You bet. That is Phil Bork, the longtime radio analyst of the Pittsburgh Penguins. It is 116 in Edmonton. There is an entertainment quotient in this game. By the way, it's coming back. Yes. The kids, the, the moves they're trying today are moves that in Phil's day would be considered, oh, you, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> the coach would frown on it, just as Bob Johnson That's, frowned on that move. Absolutely. You can text us at 630-630. Spec, we mentioned Austin Matthews only because Pittsburgh played Toronto before they went on the four-day yep. break. Uh, and then Connor McDavid, and we've already got several texts. Please, Stoffer, quit comparing Austin Matthews to McDavid. The conversation is Crosby and McDavid, and no one else matters and no one else belongs in that narrative. All right, uh, you can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. Bob Stoffer with you along with Mark Spector, 117 in Edmonton. We're going to talk a bit about the Edmonton Eskimos when we return on Oilers Now. This is Milan Lucic from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Ched. You know, Mark, I just noticed something. It's 119 in Edmonton. By the way, I think Lucic has had a good start to the year for Edmonton. He's played pretty well. Yep. Uh, we got a lot of uh, political ads that are starting to work their way, well, fester their way. election coming. There must be something coming. Stoffer Inspector brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta Live Standard Red Racing Friday nights, Saturday days at Northlands Park. All right. So we got this beauty. It's a beauty. We got Crosby against McDavid. It's going to be a super exciting night here at Rogers Place. Unfortunately, it's not the only sports story in town right let's now. Let's talk football. Yeah, let's talk football here. We got about six minutes. Um, two and six in the final eight. Can't win on the can't win on the road. Um, are up in games at halftime on the road and squandered three or four of those. Give me your take. <laughs> well, I said my piece yesterday, and then John Shannon came on and. Decided to tell everybody that uh, he asked me whether or not I was going to be the next GM of the Edmonton Eskimos. Okay. So that ship sailed about 15 years ago. It, but anyhow, I mean, when I look at the Eskimos, there was you know there was a huge turning point in the Eskimos organization uh, a couple years ago when right. they cleaned their own house. They decided that they didn't want Ed Hervey anymore. This right? after they Ed Hervey, you know, Chris Jones left yep. to go to Saskatchewan, but they still had the football guy that was Ed Hervey here. Yeah, yep. and you know that. Whether or not, like, that, that horse has left the barn. That firing's done. Chris Jones is gone. Whatever. That's You made those decisions, fine. Now you got to go out and find guys to replace them with. But those guys and the success that they have, Bob, as you know, will always be judged against the success that the guys you let go had. This is Taylor Hall and Adam Larson, man. Yep. <laughs> right? And that's just how it's going to be. So... You know, Ed Hervey's starting to have some success. And, I mean, Chris Jones took a long time there. I'll t- I'm here to tell you, I'm not a Chris Jones fan as a guy. He knows his football, and he's a good football he man. Gets, Difficult guy to have in your organization because he, he takes he, up a lot of oxygen. He's right? He gets playmakers on defense he and does. on special teams, and so you only have to have an average offense to win with Chris Jones. Okay, but I want to say this. How many years has he been there? It's the third year. Yeah, They've only been any good for half a season here, right? They haven't been that good the last two years. And the first half of this year, they were very and average. the CFL is team just so Great. everybody establishes this right now, the CFL is not the National Hockey League. Yeah, you can turn things over off the quick. Because you have an endless supply of American sure. players. Okay, but so let's stop talking about what all these guys did who left. Let's start talking about what the Eskimos have done here. Okay. Well, not enough. 
you're not enough. And well, now you we've had, hit critical mass. Right. You're looking at a fifth place finish in the West, which is inexcusable for the Edmonton Eskimos to ever finish fifth in the West. Especially in the Great Cup here and that you're hosting. Any year, pal. Yeah. It's the CFL, and you're, there's always a franchise in the CFL West that's in disarray, that's messed up, that's that's screwed up, that can't put left foot in front of right foot, and they finish last. The Eskimos are never that franchise, Bob. It's always someone else. You know, now you're looking at fifth place, and they're looking at you going, oh. So you and me grew up, and we love the Eskimos. We love Edmonton teams. Like, what, you're supposed to have a, a, a respectful distance from them, but don't think for a second. Like, I might work the Oilers. I want to see the Eskimos be successful. Sure. I want to see the U of A Golden Bears hockey and football and basketball programs be successful, right? Like, I, I love those teams. Okay. It's hard to watch, but I hate to say it, it got predictable as the season wore on this year. Oh, we've watched so, the same movie over and over. So, uh, Len Rhodes, who, to me, was a unique hire in the first place because I don't know. Here's Back to what we, we talked a bit about the fact that this market, everybody knows hockey. We operate under that assumption. Sure. I don't think everybody knows football the way everybody knows hockey. And I, not I, quite the same way. Not no. quite the same way, right? A more complicated game. And that's the challenge, I think, like for the board guys is, you know, the board members to sit there and they, the, the, I mean, they hired Rhodes. So, and I don't think Rhodes knows foot. Let's establish that. He might have learned a lot about football, but I didn't get the sense that he, he was like Sean Fleming. If he'd been in that role, I'd say, okay, that guy has played it all his life. He do football. Sure. And I just, it, it was, so they lost their football guy in Ed Hervey. They fired. They brought in Brock Sunderland. I don't know. Is he managerial enough for you? Well, listen, I, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I go down to the park. I, I follow yep. it close. I watch it, frankly, mostly like a fan. I dial in. Did they improve the personnel but during the I season? Wanna, I want to tell you that their personnel is not good enough. And if you say to me the personnel of this sports team isn't good enough, any league, man, yeah. the lacrosse league, hockey, football, baseball, if your personnel is not good enough, I say, what's the name of your GM? Yeah. Right? It's, it's not the president that's hiring personnel. You know, there's a pecking order here. So, Stan Marple, if you're listening right now, the Golden Bears are only 4-2. and two. You're only ranked number 3 you're in the country. You're on the clock, pal. You're on, you got four of your top six forwards injured and out Doesn't right matter. Doesn't Don't matter. Don't tell me about injuries. Yeah, four of your clock. top six forwards that basically led your team in scoring out right now. We don't care. Right. We have high expectations. So, you know, there's uh, like Just kidding, the Stan. fact that they, they struggled and struggled for so many years to find a proper return man. Yeah. I'm not sure that they even still have the guy. I don't know. All right. Uh, that to me is on the GM. Go find that guy, mm-hmm. right? There's a there's a, a million NCAA schools churning out these speedy little speed. There's versions. over 121 division, over 120 one. Division One programs. They produce roughly 12 right. to 15 yeah. seniors a year. There's got to be players. Okay. There. Brian, All right. a good receiving core. He's got a nice receiving core. How's his offensive line? Yeah. How's his Canadian content on his well, offensive line? Well, if not good it's enough. called the Canadian Football League, and what's the only say, what's the old saying? You're only as good as your worst Canadian. Well, yeah. In any and league where you have your old line, better have Canadians on it. Yeah. Well, and they've they've I think at one point they've I I could be stand corrected here, but I think they had three imports at one point. Right. How's he drafting? How's the draft been going? Not great. He inherited a bad situation from long even before Hervey because Danny mis- Danny Machocha mismanaged yeah, the Herbie, draft, blowing Herbie, picks year sure. after year. Hervey pulled this thing back above water. Yep, he did. I didn't agree with they got the same, did they, got, they got the same Canadian scouting guy now that they had under Hervey, uh, right. Rob Ralph, who is an old video editing guy for Don Mintz. Huh? 
If you work for Hervey, you should work for Sunderland. But uh, listen, I'm not here to like. I don't. I'm not talking to Brock. I've I've not talked to Brock Sunderland this year. I'm not in his office. I don't claim to have. So how high does this go for you? But I'm saying to you that there's some fundamental problems that aren't going to get solved just by hiring a head coach to run the same people and run the same program. That's my. That would be my outsiders taking the Eskimos ball. This guy named Zimmerman out of Toronto with uh, Jim Pop going in there. Zimmerman was seen as uh, being the rising star. He might become available. Mm-hmm. That's what I've heard. Just because Pop's bringing in a lot of the Montreal people into Toronto. Okay. By the way, Tressman's name is getting brought up again down in the States for teams that need well, he's an exceptionally elite, smart football. Like man. he would be an elite offensive coordinator at the NFL level. So I wonder whether or not he could head coach my team every day personally. But Yeah. All right, well, we'll see what happens here. But at the end of the day, like, technically, they're still in it. Is there ah, anyone- Bob, they're, they're whatever. They're, I mean, like, if Winnipeg wins is, one of their final two games, it's over. The it's point, an- here's what I want to say. I mean, the Eskimos fan, cheer for your team. Get over to the East, who knows, maybe you win a playoff game. But what they do the rest of the way this season will not mask what the issues are. The issues are in stone. I see them. They exist. You're hanging by a thread with one game left in your season. I don't care what happens from here. I mean, you could pull a miracle out of the grass. Whatever, man. There's issues. they got to get on those issues. There you go. That is Mark Spector, Stafford Spector. Speck, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh-oh. Does does Connor McDavid get his first victory against Sidney Crosby tonight? Well, it's time for the Oilers to pull one off against Pittsburgh. Certainly, uh, they didn't manage against Nashville. Uh, yeah, why not? Sure, I'll pick the Oilers to win tonight. Next. I'll, I'll go along with a flow, Bob. Okay, there you go. Uh, we're back at it next Tuesday when the Minnesota yes. Wild are in town. Four oh. games this week for the Oilers. Pittsburgh tonight, Washington Thursday, Nashville Saturday day, Chicago Sunday day, but Chicago's in St. Louis the night before. A couple nice day games weekend. I won't go on the road. I'll be able to sit back and watch. You're not going to come to Chicago. It's your uh, favorite t- uh, town on the tour. Nashville and Chicago. That's a nice trip. Yeah. No, I'll be chilling, Bob. I'll be listening to your fine call. In fact, you know what? When you, I'm listening to you and Jack, I don't even need the TV, man. It's I just close my eyes. Really? Yeah, I just close my eyes. It's a lot of Jack because it's because it because it's radio, right? It's it's old school and it's radio. Well, that's why I like it. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is less is more. <laughs> Thanks, Bobby. All right, Spec. Keep your headset on. Don't go yet. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Back with uh, Bakersfield Condors head coach Jay Woodcroft. We'll get some thoughts on Kevin Gravel and Cooper Marodi. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.